welcome home. I'm back home in the house of God. One day spent in your house. One day spent in your house. This beautiful place of worship. Beats thousands. Beats thousands spent on Greek island beaches. Let me tell you why you're here. Why you're here. You're here to be the soft seasoning that brings out the God flavors of this earth. You're here to be light. You're here to be light. Be light. You're here to be light, bringing out the God colors in the world. God is not a secret. Not a secret. God is not a secret to be kept. To be kept. We are going public with this. We're going public with this. As public as a city on a city hill. On a hill. The mountain of the Lord's house will be the be the highest of all. The most important place on earth. The most important place on earth. Place on earth. Come on, give God a great big shout of praise today. Shout of praise today. Amen. We've declared that 2021 year to be the year of completeness, and we're so excited about what God is already doing in our church and, and, and how people are contacting us about wanting to work in ministry. And so if we haven't talked to you yet, don't worry. We're getting our way to you. But you need to shout completeness. Come on, help me out here this morning. We're declaring it this morning that our church is going to become complete. Amen. Praise the name of Jesus today. God is so good. I hope you come ready to worship the Lord today. I hope you come ready to experience God today. I want us to encounter the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords in this service today. Amen? And so it's going to take you and me working together with Joey. That means we're going to have to lift our hands. We're going to have to open our mouth and praise. We're going to have to open up our heart and worship the Lord. And I believe if we'll do all those things, that the King of Glory will feel 
fill this house with his presence. Amen. Hallelujah. Here's what Psalms 113 says. Praise ye the Lord. Praise, O ye servants of the Lord. Praise the name of the Lord. Blessed be the name of the Lord from this time forth and forevermore. From the rising of the sun until the going down of the same, the Lord's name is to be praised. Can you praise his name right now? Come on. Come on. Praise his name right now. Praise your name, Father. Hallelujah, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Let's pray this morning. Father, we thank you for the opportunity opportunity to be in your house today, the opportunity, Father, to worship you in spirit, to worship you in truth this morning, God. I'm believing today, God, that we're going to have a God encounter with you, Lord, that the King of glory is going to fill this house today, that the kabod, Lord, the, the splendor of who you are, Lord, the Shekinah glory of who you are, God, is going to fill the atmosphere today, God, that lives are going to be changed and transformed, Lord, That's, that lost folks will be found, Lord, sick folks will be healed this morning. Bound folk will be set free this morning. God, may your glory flow from person to person today, God, as we begin to worship you and praise you and magnify you today, God. We give you all the glory and all the honor and all the praise today, God. May your will be accomplished in this service, uh, even as it is in heaven this morning, Father. And we thank you for your goodness and mercy. In Jesus' name we pray and amen.
displayed on a criminal's cross. Darkness rejoices though heaven had lost.
Praise the Lord today. Come on now. You ought to give him some praise today. Sometimes, sometimes, sometimes we forget or sometimes we neglect how great the power of the blood really is. You know, the Bible talks about the sanctifying of the flesh through the, through the ashes of the red heifer, but then it says, how much more shall the blood of Christ do? You see, the blood of bulls and goats cannot take away our sins, but the blood of Jesus has removed our sin as far as the east is from the west. And God said, I'll remember it no more. You need to shout right now. Hallelujah. Your sin is gone this morning. Hallelujah. Just as sure as the stone was rolled away and Jesus rose from the dead, our sin has been removed from us. Somebody needs to shout this morning. Hallelujah. You're a new creature in Christ Jesus. All things have passed away and all things have become new. Praise the name of Jesus this morning. If you do have your Bible with you this morning, I would like for you to open it up to the book of Romans the 13th chapter, and we're going to read verses 11 through 14, the book of Romans, the 13th chapter, verses 11 through 14. While you're turning there, I just want to celebrate how great our groups went this week. Come on, you need to give it up this morning. We had great turnout every night of group this week. We have folks who normally don't come on a Wednesday night ever show up at a group this week. I consider that their midweek service. They, they came out. They participated. They had a Bible study. They got to learn a little bit about Jesus, and they got to make some friends and connections in the church. Come on. We need to celebrate the goodness of God today. <laughs> Hallelujah. I know some of the guys in my group, I know they're upset with me and Justin because they couldn't play sequence as well as we could, but I understand. You'll get there. <laughs> You'll get there. We won two games real quick. Man, you should have seen the horns coming out. Herschel's whole personality, he's not here this morning, his whole personality changed. The competitive spirit came out, man, I'm telling you. They was going for blood then, wasn't they, Justin? Now, we had a great time Friday night. If, you wanna, if you're a guy and you want to come and hang out with us on Friday night at 630, we're eating barbecues this Friday night. We're going to have a good lesson and good discussion, and then we're going to play some games and stuff. And so we played, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a board game with cards, it's called Sequence. We had such an awesome time uh, Friday night here, and so we just didn't want to invite you. Um, we did that on Friday night. Joey and him and Gary have a class on Wednesday at 6, Freedom in Class, uh, in Christ, Freedom in Christ. You can come and be a part of that. Pam's teaching a signing class on Tuesday, and we're excited about that. She had 10 people show up Tuesday, right? And then we have uh, Justin is also doing a group with yoga and Bible study. They're doing stretches, and then they're doing Bible study. You guys said 12? 10? 10 too? So come on, God is good. God is faithful. Amen. We love the Lord this morning. Hallelujah. <laughs> Praise the name of Jesus. If you got your Bibles turned open to Romans 13, you can shout hallelujah right now. All right, we got a few people this morning. Praise the name of Jesus this morning. We're actually going to read this text in two different versions of the Bible this morning. And so we're going to read it in the King James, and then we're going to read it in the English Standard Version. So, so let's look at it. It says, And that knowing the time, that now it is high time to awake out of sleep, for now is our salvation nearer than when we believed. The night is far spent, the day is at hand. Let us therefore cast off the works of darkness, and let us put on the armor of light. 
Let us walk honestly as in the day, not in rioting and drunkenness, not in chambering and wantonness, not in strife and envying. But put ye on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the flesh to fulfill the lust thereof. Now I want to read the same four verses, but I want to read it in the English Standard Version just so it gives you a little bit different view of it. It means the same thing, but sometimes when you read a different version, you can grab more of an understanding. Besides this, you know the time that the hour has come for you to wake from sleep. For salvation is nearer to us now than when we first believed. The night is far gone. The day is at hand. So then let us cast off the works of darkness and put on the armor of light. Let us walk properly as in the daytime, not in orgies and drunkenness, not in sexual immorality and sensuality, not in quarreling and jealousy, but put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the flesh to gratify its desires. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you for the opportunity today, God, to preach your word. I believe, God, that you have given me a word for a moment and a time as this. I believe, God, that this word is inspired by your Holy Spirit. And I pray, God, that every ear would hear and every mind would understand and every heart would receive this word with joy today. I pray, God, that you would change us, that you would challenge us, that you would convict us, Lord. I pray, God, that you would minister to our hearts today. And I pray, God, that we leave differently than we came in. I pray, God, that we are so stirred by the word today, God, and by your presence today, Father, that, God, we catch fire from you this morning, God, that we have an awakening, that we have a revival, that we have an experience, an outpouring of the Holy Spirit in these last days. In Jesus' name I pray and ask, and everybody would say with me, Amen. So, uh, I know I told you that last week that we were going to begin a new sermon series today, and I was going to do a series called Trailblazers, that's what I told you last week. Uh, but that didn't work out too well this week. Uh, I had about two-thirds of the first message, maybe 75% of the first message finished. Uh, but I'm just going to be real honest. I didn't feel real good about it. <laughs> I didn't think it was, just didn't feel good. I, I, I felt like I was wrestling with it too much. I felt like that that it maybe wasn't what God was wanting to be preached on this week. Or in the coming weeks, and so I felt like God was wanting something different, that he was shifting the direction that I was going. And so I actually sent, Pam does their signing, and then Wilson still does our slides. You know, they moved to California last year. And so I sent them a message early yesterday morning and said, I'll send you the sermon later today. So I sat down yesterday morning, and I put together what I felt like and what I believe that God wants us to hear over the next few weeks. So we're starting today, over the next few weeks. I hope it reaches each of our hearts, and I, help, I hope it helps us awake. I hope it helps us awake. So I need you this morning. I need to make sure you're awake, so shout awake. awake. All right, if you're online, please comment in the comment section. Awake, Stacey will be watching my phone's beside her, so she'll know if you ain't doing it. So so we'll see who's on there. So we need to make sure you're tuned in, that you're awake this morning. History, history has shown that there are times 
when the body of Christ, the church, not just this church, but the global church, the body of Christ needs to awake or wake up. Great awakenings, that's what we like to call them, great awakenings have taken place in America. They've taken place in other places. A great awakening occurred between the 1720s and continued to the 1760s. A gentleman by the name of Jonathan Edwards is known as the father of the great awakening. The preacher's monotone voice filled the church in Northampton, Massachusetts. As the brilliant Edwards spoke, he kept his eyes focused on the back wall of the church. Gently, Edwards' words began to sink into the hearts of the assembly. And although his method of speaking lacked enthusiasm, you know, here we get a little excited. But he was more of a monotone, didn't get too emotional kind of preacher. And, and, and we need those kind of preachers, right? We need everybody who's got their gift to use it that the way has designed, God has designed them to use it. And so his voice may have lacked enthusiasm, but his words were very powerful. And so it doesn't always have to have a lot of enthusiasm. Sometimes it just needs to be powerful. And so as he was preaching, revival began to follow. During the 1730s, the church in Northampton felt the stirring of the Holy Spirit, moving them from their lukewarm apathy to an awakening of their souls. Delivering his most famous sermon, it said that he just sat and read the sermon. His, but this is his most famous sermon, Sinners in the Hands of an Angry God. Sinners in the Hand of an Angry God. He preached this message on July 8th, 1741 in Enfield, Connecticut. Edwards helped spread the revival. A great commotion swept over the people, and they began wailing, crying, and screeching loudly. Frequently, Edwards asked the congregation to control themselves so that he might finish the sermon. As a result of his preaching and the work of the Holy Spirit, lives began to change. Complete towns were transformed. The church throughout history has seen great times of revival and we've seen great times of sleep. We've seen both. Currently, in my opinion, the church is sleeping again. While we are sleeping, darkness has invaded. Islam is the fastest growing religion in America. Sexual sins are rampant with pornography and pedophilia along with adultery and homosexuality. A civil war is brewing in our nation alongside a race war. Ethnicity is fighting ethnicity. Political polarization from both sides of the political aisle are stoking the fire with their inflammatory words. 
All of this has taken place while the church has slept. We've slept. I think the Holy Spirit has a word for our church today. I think he has a word for the entire body of Christ. And so I need some people to help me out this morning. Will you shout awake? If you're online, you need to comment awake. Amen. I told you this a couple of weeks ago. If this bothers you, you probably need to check your heart. Don't be mad at the pastor. Be mad at God. Amen. Let's break this down. Let's look at this this morning. Romans 13 and 11 says this. It says, besides this, you know the time that the hour has come for you to wake from sleep. For salvation is nearer to us now than when we first believed. Well, you could say, you could say, well, I got saved last week, so I realized that it's nearer to us now than when I first believed. But let's, let's dig a little deeper. Let's go a little further. Paul says, knowing the time. Or you could say, know the time. We need to know the time. As Christians, we need to be aware of what time it is spiritually. Paul goes on to tell us what time it is. He says, it's time to come awake. Time to get up. Time to stop sleeping. Time to come alive. Paul paints a picture of a sleeping church or a Christian who has been put to sleep by the condition of their hearts. The condition of our hearts determines if we're on fire for God or we're sleeping at the wheel. Maybe, maybe a lukewarm Christian is a sleeping Christian because they're not giving off much energy. Just maybe. See, we're asleep, but it's time to get up. The other morning, I was really tired. I hadn't slept well for a few nights, and man, I was sleeping good. Stacy can testify. My alarm clock went off. I just rolled over and turned it off, rolled back over and went back to sleep. I don't remember hearing it going off. I don't remember the sound of it. I wake up like an hour and a half later, and I jumped up out of the bed, and I said, oh, no, did my alarm, did I set my, she said, yeah, it went off. But you rolled back over, and you went to sleep. Unfortunately, there are some in the church, listen to me, there are some in the church who may miss the rapture as they sleep, through the sound of the trumpet announcing Christ's return. Because we're asleep. We're not watching and waiting. We're asleep. Paul is saying, don't roll over. The time to get up is now. Salvation is nearer now than when we first believed. Salvation here refers to the imminent return of Christ. When, we, when Christ returns, we're going to experience the fullness of salvation because in that moment, we're going to be changed in the moment of a twinkling of an eye. Corruption puts on incorruption. Mortality puts on immortality. The saying will come to pass, death is swallowed up in victory. Oh, death, where is thy sting? Oh, grave, where is thy victory? You know what Paul was saying? Paul was saying, awake. Christ is returning and heaven awaits. Awake. That's what he's saying. Awake. 
Christ is returning and heaven awaits. Come on, shout awake this morning. Help me out here. I feel like y'all was half asleep this morning. Look at verse 12. The night is far gone. The day is at hand. So let us cast off the works of darkness and put on the armor of light. The night is far gone. The day is at hand. Paul describes the night as being far gone or almost over. What he's really saying here is that the day is breaking soon. Daylight is getting ready to come soon. It's the breaking of the day. What day? The day of Christ's return. The day that Jesus comes back to get his bride. Paul's saying that day is at hand. The day of Christ's return is at hand. I just watched a video. I shared it with Eddie the other day. I watched a video that listed 25 current events that point to the return of Christ. 25 current things happening right now that point to the return of Jesus Christ. We're in the twilight hours of the coming of Jesus. Look at it this way. It's time to take off the bedclothes and put on our church clothes. It's time to take off our bedclothes and put on our church clothes. It's time to get off of Facebook and get in the good book. It's time to get off the grapevine and get on the main line. You used to sing a song years ago in the church, Jesus on the main line. Call him up and tell him what you want. If you want healing, tell him what you want. If you want the Holy Ghost, tell him what you want. We got too many people on the grapevine and not enough people on the main line talking to the Father. We got too many people on Facebook and not enough people in the good book. And we got too many people in our bed clothes and not enough people in our church clothes. My goodness. Christ is coming. Jesus is coming again. Mm. It's time. It is time. It is time, church. Look at your neighbor and tell them, say, it's time. It's time. It's time to wake up. Wake up. Look what he says in 13 and 14, verses 13 and 14. He says, let us walk properly as in the daytime, not in orgies and drunkenness, not in sexual immorality and sensuality, not in quarreling and jealousy, but put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the flesh to gratify its desires. You know what, Paul, you know what, you know what Paul's doing? He, in, in these four scriptures, Paul gives us eight commands. Eight commands. Are you ready? Here they are. Cast off the works of darkness. Put on the armor of light. Walk decently and well behaved. Stop reveling and drinking. Quit all immoral living. Refrain from quarreling, contention, and jealousy. Clothe ourselves with the character of Jesus. 
make no provision for lust. See, he's telling us to change our lifestyles, change our behaviors, change our attitudes. See, Paul, in these eight commands, he not only addresses our behavior, he addresses our, he addresses our attitudes. Our attitudes. Attitude determines aptitude. Jesus said it wasn't what in you, it wasn't, it wasn't what went in you that defiled who you was. It's what came out of you. And if some of this stuff is coming out of us, we're defiled. See, attitude and behavior is a reflection of the heart. It's a reflection of the heart. If you're walking around fighting with people all the time and arguing with people all the time, it's a heart problem. It's a heart problem. If we're asleep in the body of Christ this morning, it's a heart problem. And Paul's saying, you need to address this in your life. And, and I'm giving you eight commands to do so that you can fix your life because I don't want you to miss what's ahead. This is only a drop in the bucket of what awaits us. I mean, every time we feel the presence of God, we're getting a small taste of heaven. Think about that. How good does that feel? Can you imagine walking into the fullness of that? The key takeaway is for us to awake and live for Christ as if every minute is the last minute we have on the earth. That's the takeaway. Live for Christ as if every minute is the last minute we have on the earth. Paul was so consumed with Christ that he said, I don't want to know anything about you but Jesus Christ and him crucified. Paul is in prison. And he's so consumed with Christ that instead of bellyaching and whining in a prison, he's winning soldiers so fast that they're having to change the guards out every so many minutes. I can just imagine us, myself included, woe is me. Lord, why did you put me in this pit? I can't believe I'm here. All I did was obey God. Live every minute as if it's our last minute on the earth. Two will be in the field. One will be taken. The other left. Two women will be grinding in the meal. One will be taken. The other left. Watch because we do not know what hour our Lord comes. If the good man of the house would have known about what the thief would have come, he would have watched and not allowed his house to be broken up. We don't know the exact moment Jesus is coming back. And the writer finishes this by saying, be ready because Jesus will come in an hour that we think not. In a moment when we think not. The night is far spent. The day 
is at hand. Our salvation is nearer now than when we first believed. Here's what he says in the Gospel of John. He says, let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. But I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, there you may be also. And whether I go, you know, and the way, you know. And Thomas says unto him, Lord, we don't know whither thou goest. And how can we know the way? And Jesus says this, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father, cometh unto the Father, but by me. Jesus says, I am the door. If any man enter in, he shall be saved. What did John say in Revelation chapter 4? He said, after this, I saw a door open in heaven. You know who he saw coming? He saw the door, but it wasn't a door like a door to your house. It was Jesus coming to get his church. He said, I saw the door. I, I saw the way, the truth, and the life. I saw the door coming. Jesus is the only name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. I believe that the alarm clock is going off. I truly believe that we're living in the last of the last days. I believe that. In 2030, we're looking at 2,000 years. A.D. 30 to 2030, we're looking at two days. Peter says a day with the Lord is as a thousand years, and a thousand years is with the Lord. The good Samaritan, who is Jesus, gave the innkeeper two days' wages. We're in the twilight, church. We're in the, the dawning of a new day. I'm, te Je I'm telling you, Jesus is coming back soon. Our salvation is nearer today than it was when we first believed. But we've been rocked to sleep by the condition of our hearts. And all of us are guilty. All of us have blame. All of us. We have stood by. We have not confronted evil the way that we should have confronted evil. What we need in America right now is an awakening. What we need in our nation right now is a revival. 
We need an outpouring of the Holy Spirit in this land right now. From the east coast to the west coast, from the south border to the north border, we need the body of Christ to come awake. We need to wake up and let God be God and let God arise and let his enemies be scattered. We need to allow the gifts of the Spirit to operate in the body of Christ like God intended for them to operate. We need to take off all the boundaries that we put on God that you got to do it my way and you got to do it this way and the little boxes that we've tried to put God in and we ought to just say, God, however you want to do it, I'm going to get on board with it. God, however you want to move, I'm just going to jump on the movement with you, Lord. You lead and I'll follow. You call and I'll go. But we need an awakening in this nation again. It's going to take men and women It's going to take children, boys, and girls to get back on their face before God, to push push the plate away and begin to fast and seek the face of God again so that God can send an outpouring of His Spirit. I believe God wants to send revival. The problem is not on His end. It's on ours. So you eat all you're going to eat this month and next month. Because come March, we're going on a fast. And we're going to pray every day during those 21 days that we have an encounter with God. So get your eating in, but get ready. I want God to move. I want God to move. I want us to have an encounter as a church with God. I want the glory to fill the house. You say, well, preacher, I don't know about that. I'm sorry. That you don't feel the way that I feel. We need God in this nation more now than we've ever needed him before. We need God in our community right now more than we've ever needed God before. We need God in our life right now more than we've ever needed God before. If you just look, I I want him hardly watch the news right now. Our country is, it's brewing if you thought the shot heard around the war world was the only time it was going to happen during the Revolutionary War, hold on, because if it happens now, it's going to be heard around the world again. I don't care what side of the political spectrum you're on this morning. We are Christians first. We're called by God first. We're citizens of heaven. We're not citizens of the We are citizens of the kingdom of God. We need to pray revival. We need to pray for an outpouring of the Holy Spirit. We need to preach Jesus and no other name but his name because his name is the only name that has the power to save. My goodness. Holy Ghost, have your way. Move in this house, Holy Spirit. Stir the hearts of all of us today, God. Lord, in Jesus' name, move in our lives today. 
Oh, Father, I thank you for your goodness. I thank you for your mercy. Father, prepare our hearts, Lord. Help us to prepare our hearts, God, for revival. Help us to prepare our hearts, God, for an encounter with your presence. Oh, Father, in Jesus' name. I was telling Joey before service, I listened to this sermon. I sent it out to some of you guys uh, the other day, but I listened to this two-part sermon series about the prophet Isaiah. And the name of the sermon was, I am ruined. Don't sound like a very hip title, right? But when Isaiah had an encounter with God, and he said, I'm a, I'm a man of unclean lips, and, and I live in unclean, unclean nation, basically what he's saying was, I am ruined. In other words, I can't ever go back. I can't. He was a schoolboy's prophet. But when he had an encounter with God, he'd been pronouncing woes for five chapters. But in the sixth chapter, when he had an encounter with God, he's like, woe is me. I'm an unclean man in the midst of an unclean nation. You, you see, when we have an encounter with God like that, it changes our life forever. And we can never go back to the way that we used to be. And what some of us need to do right now is have a fresh encounter with God and say, God, I need awakened again. I need set on fire again. I need an outpouring of your Holy Spirit Again, I told him the other night on Wednesday night, I said, you know, the disciples, they had an outpouring of the Holy Spirit in Acts chapter 2. You know, when Peter got up and preached, this is that, was spoken about the prophet Joel. That in the last days, God would pour out his spirit upon all flesh and sons and daughters would prophesy and old men would dream dreams and young men would have visions. And even upon the handmaidens in the service, God was going to pour out his spirit and there'd be signs and wonders. You remember the sermon? So that's in Acts chapter 2. But in Acts chapter 4, we find them back in the upper room again having another encounter with God so that they would stay fresh and on fire. Lord, let us have an encounter with you again. That's what the church needs. Oh, help us, Father. Oh, Holy Ghost. We got to awake, church. We got to come alive. Paul told Timothy, he said, you need to stir up the gift that's inside of you. The church needs to stir up the gift that's inside of us. We need to stir it up. See, we're, listen, we're living right now. Will you hand me my Bible, please? We're living right now in 2 Timothy chapter 3. It's, it's, we're not waiting for that to come to pass, church. We're, we're not waiting for that to happen. Let, let me just read a little bit. This know also that in the last days perilous or difficult times shall come. Men shall be lovers of their own selves, covenants, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, without natural affection. Homosexuality, there it is. Right there in the Bible. I know people say it's not in the Bible. Right there it is. Truth breakers, false accusers, incontent, fierce, despisers of those that are good, traitors, heady, high-minded, lovers of pleasures more than lovers of God, having a form of godliness but denying the power thereof from such turn away. Skip down to verse 7. Ever learning, never able to come to the knowledge of 
truth. This is where we're living. Here's what he says. Here's what he says in beginning of verse 14. This is what he's saying to, to the church. This is what he was saying to Timothy. Continue thou in the things which thou hast learned and been assured of, knowing of whom thou hast learned them, and that from a child thou hast known the holy scriptures, which are able to make thee wise unto salvation through the faith which is in Christ Jesus. All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness that the man of God may be perfect, thoroughly furnished unto all good works. We are living out right now in our lifetime. 2 Timothy chapter 3. And we got to know who we are. We got to know who we are. Herschel hit it dead on the head last week. We got to know who we are. It's time for the church to awake. I'm going to ask Joey to come back up this morning. If you're here this morning and you're asleep, it's time to wake up, it's time to shake yourself. It's time to get out of the bed. It's time to take your bed clothes off and put your church clothes on. He said to put on the armor of light. Put on the character of Jesus. It's time for us to wake up. If you're here this morning and you're lost without Jesus, Jesus is coming soon. Might be morning, night, or noon. But we're about ready to hear the shout of the Lord. The trumpet is about ready to sound. The body of Christ is about ready to be raptured from the earth. And I would hate for you to miss that. I would hate for you to miss the peace and the joy of heaven. I would hate for you to be separated from loved ones and friends for all of eternity. Jesus told him today, it's the day of salvation. In other words, don't put off what you can do today until tomorrow because tomorrow may never come. So if you're here and you're lost without Jesus, I believe that God is knocking on the door of your heart right now. The Holy Spirit is calling you right now. He's calling you right now. And you have a choice to make to either answer that call or to reject that call. I won't come back and get you. I won't point you out. I won't embarrass you. I won't drag you to the altar. 
But I will ask as everybody closes their eyes and bows their head this morning, that if you are lost, and if Jesus were to come today, and you would miss it, I would ask that you would raise your hand high enough for me to see it, long enough for me to acknowledge it, so I can ask the church to pray for the person that raised their hand. Would there be anybody at all in the building? There's an honest hand. Is there anybody else this morning? Church, pray for that person. There's another honest hand. Pray for that person, church. Is there anybody else? Anybody else? If you're here and you raise your hand, everybody still got their eyes closed. But right, no, we're going to do it different. Just church, stand up. Just everybody stand. Everybody in the building, just stand up, please. We're going to put a prayer on the screen. We'll do it this way. And here, if you're online this morning and you're watching either on YouTube or Facebook and God is dealing with your heart today and you know that if Jesus comes back today and you're not going to make it either, we're going to give you an opportunity to pray this prayer with us today so that heaven will be your home, so that Jesus will be your reward. And I'm going to ask that everyone pray this prayer with me this morning. Let's pray. Dear Lord Jesus, I admit that I am a sinner. And I ask for your forgiveness. I believe you died for my sins and rose from the dead. I invite you into my heart to be the Lord of my life. I trust and follow you as my Lord and Savior. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. If you're in person this morning and you prayed that prayer with us and you accepted Jesus into your heart to be the Lord of your life, would you just raise your hand and say, Pastor, I accepted Jesus into my heart. You see, God can save you whether you're at the altar or in the back row, whether you're at home sitting on the couch or in your car driving down the road. He's omnipresent. He's everywhere. Would there be anybody to raise their hand and say, Pastor, I committed my life to Jesus this morning. I gave my life to Christ. Anybody at all. Maybe you're online this morning and you prayed that prayer. If you would just put in the comment section, I got saved. We'll reach out to you. We'll get We'll connect with you online. Is there anyone at all? Is there anyone at all? Church, I believe we too have a decision to make this morning. We have a decision to make. Will I wake myself up? Will I come alive for Jesus? Or will I just continue living status quo? Will I just be comfortable? Will I just allow myself to sleep on? The choice is yours to make. I can't make it for you. 
But I can tell you, it's for me and my house. We're going to serve the Lord. We're going to seek God. We're going to pursue His presence. We're going to serve Him with everything that we got. And we're going to do our best to live as if every minute is our last minute on the earth. Lead me, Lord. Just lead me. Hallelujah. Oh, Holy Spirit. Lord, you're doing a work right now. I believe you're doing a work right now, Lord. Lord, stir the gift inside of me. Stir the gift inside of Stacy. Stir the gift inside of my children, Briley and Judah. Stir the gift in this church. I want our church, God, to be so impactful. God, I want our church to reach so many unchurched people and so many hurting people that if our doors closed, the community couldn't live without us. God, may the aroma of your presence flood the atmosphere. May the glory of who you are fill our hearts today. fragrance this morning. Lord, I praise you. Would you just lift your hands this morning? Just worship the Lord. Let the Holy Spirit speak to you. Just keep worshiping, church. The presence of the Lord is in this house. 
I know we're not shouting. I know we're not jumping up and down and running and dancing. But I assure you, He is here. He's here. Just keep worshiping. Just keep worshiping. Keep your hands raised. Keep your hearts open. Allow the Holy Spirit to speak to you. I just want to speak the name of Jesus over every heart and every mind. Because I know there is peace within your presence. I speak Jesus. I just want to speak the name of Jesus. Every dark addiction starts to break. Declaring there is hope and there is freedom. I speak Jesus. Your name is power. Your name is healing. Your name is
Speak to you. 